Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast with Steve Gordon. Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gordon, and today we got a fantastic interview for you. Uh, this one is, I think, for anybody that really wants to get serious about sales and selling. Today, I'm talking with Hugh Little. He is the chiropractic sales wizard at Red Cap Sales Co- Coaching, where uh, you can learn how to make selling easy, fun, and profitable. Uh, he specializes in helping chiropractors and other service businesses dramatically increase their conversion ratios, their sales, and their revenues. And uh, his sales training and coaching comes from over 50 years of in-the-field sales and management experience. And Hugh is the author of Take the Icky and Scary Out of Sales, which you can find on paperback and Kindle at Amazon. Uh, he is also, most notably, I think, the host of the radio talk show, Sales Chalk Talk, where I was fortunate enough to be a guest. Uh, you can find that on iTunes as well. Hugh Little, welcome to the Unstoppable CEO. Well, thanks, Steve. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited about this, too. Uh, I'm excited to turn the tables on you. Uh, our last time we were <laughs> together, you were you were interviewing me, but uh, I'm, I'm really curious to learn from you today. You've got a just a tremendous depth of experience in selling services. And uh, and I think that's a particularly difficult problem. So I'm excited to dive into that. Before we do, would you please give everybody just a little bit of context uh, about your background and, and how you got to the stage of your career? Well, when I got out of the Air Force, I had several job opportunities and decided to take one that was sales oriented because, hey, there's no ceiling on your income. And I'm an outgoing guy and I talk pretty well and I just thought I was going to laugh my way to the bank and it was going to be really easy. And I very soon found out that it was way more difficult than I thought it was going to be. And if hearing the word no was fatal, I would have been dead back in 1970. Uh, Fortunately, it's not. (laughs) And I hear no a lot less uh, less frequently today than I did back then. And so I worked in a number of different sales jobs in, in different kinds of professions, uh, financial, did some work with alarm systems, did some work with roofing, did some work with milk subscription sales. I was a sales manager there. And over that period of time, I learned to be pretty good at selling. And so in 2008, I started Red Cap Sales Coaching and started teaching other people to do and and to be able to have the success that I've had in a much shorter time frame. I got to make all of the mistakes and uh, suffer all of the the heartache and challenges of not being good at sales before I learned to be good at sales. And there's no reason why people really have to go through all of that themselves if they learn how to sell correctly correctly. Uh, in a short period of time. Well, I, I know that's welcome news to everybody listening because uh, I know I make lots of mistakes in, in the sales process. I'm still, even though I've been doing it for 25 years now, I'm I'm still learning every day. So tell us a little bit about your, your overall philosophy and approach to sales. I believe that it's not our job as salespeople to get other people to do what we want them to do or what we think they should do, or even what we know they need to do. I think it's our job to help them do what they want to do. And people don't buy what they need. 
they buy what they want. And I'll give you an example of that. I drive a, a 2005 Dodge Ram pickup truck. I love the truck to pieces. And it starts every time I turn the key and it gets me where I want to go, which is what a vehicle is supposed to do. So I don't need a new truck. Now, if I really thought about it a lot, or if I went down and really started looking seriously, I probably would want a backup camera and a car that was, or, or a truck that was newer and that had more bells and whistles and smelled better and looked better. I don't need that. So if I bought a new truck, it would be because I wanted that. And that's true of sales in every situation with every product or service. What's important is finding out what people want. And if we're able to supply that, to be able to effectively let them know that when they work with us, they can have what they want. And if we can, if we can just do that, if we can find out what they want and let them know that they can have what they want, we're most of the way to a, a positive buying decision. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. But I think for a lot of people that it's, you know, it's difficult for a lot of business owners uh, who are in businesses that might, you might not think of right away as, as a want kind of business. I think service providers fall into this category an awful lot of the time, you know, and an attorney who's doing, you know, your will is probably not somebody who's sitting there thinking people wake up in the morning wanting a will. Your accountant who does your taxes is probably, you know, listening to this going, yeah, but nobody wants to get their taxes done. So for, for people like that who are maybe having a challenge visualizing the want that would be behind what they sell, how, how do you help them? Is there, is there a way of thinking about that, that that gets them to see that clearly? Well, sure. It's all about results. So it's very, very true. I'll just be really personal about it. Nobody wants sales coaching. Nobody wants to invest money in sales coaching. What they want is the result that they're going to receive from sales coaching, which is to have a higher conversion ratio, more sales, and more money coming in. So they don't want the service. They want the result of the service. You mentioned lawyers and not wanting a will. I don't want the money and the goods and the stuff that I've accumulated to go to the tax man. I want it to go to my family. And so that's a really good reason to have a will or a trust. As far as taxes are concerned, I don't like to pay taxes. I don't really want to do taxes. I also don't want the IRS to come get me and put me in jail or take my stuff. So I'm looking for a result when I work with those kinds of people. And I want somebody who is really good at those things to provide those services for me, uh, even if I have to invest a considerable amount of money to do that. So I think looking at the result of what your product or service can provide for people and making that what you talk with people about is really the key to successful selling. Yeah, I, I think that a lot of times that's just a for for many business owners they get so wrapped up in in what it is that they do they almost sometimes forget the result that they're ultimately delivering. But I, I think making that connection is, in my mind, probably the fundamental key to to making marketing and selling easier um, because you you start to talk with people in the language that they want to you know they want to hear. 
Yeah, and I think one of the big challenges that that salespeople have, and especially in helping professions uh, like coaching or health services of various kinds, that we want to be educators. <laughs> we want people to know everything that we know about what it is that we do. And so the, the temptation is to start telling people all about how we do what we do and what all of is involved in it and how long we've gone to school to learn how to do it and uh, just all of those kinds of things. And uh, I'll give you an example of why that really doesn't work well. Um, I love sausage. I really, really do. Uh, it's one of my favorite foods. I don't care how it's made. I don't care what's in it. All I care about is when it comes out of the frying pan and onto the plate next to my eggs or my pancakes, it makes my tongue jump up and beat my brains out. All I want is the result. I don't care how the result gets done as long as it's legal. I don't care how it's done. I want to know what it's going to do for me. And that's the question that every prospective client has in their minds when they have a conversation with a salesperson or when they read a piece of marketing advertising and when they they call in to find out whether they should make an appointment to come in the question in their mind is what's in it for me how is this going to make my life easier or better or more joyful or more productive what what's it going to do how is it going to change my life for the better if I purchase this product or service? So we need to be talking to people about results, not about all of the details and all of the how-tos, unless the person asks about the details. And then as briefly as possible, we might want to explain those things. Most people don't care about the details. If they can get what they want, that's what's important to them. I think that's probably uh, one of the most important things that's been said on the podcast. Um, and having that focus is is absolutely vital. And I don't think enough business owners give it enough time um, and really enough deep thought about how am I going to communicate with this person who needs help and um, and who wants some outcome? How am I going to communicate how I can deliver that that outcome um, and what what that looks like for them in the, in their you know bigger better future. So let's get practical for a minute. If we're engaging with a a potential client and we're we're really trying to understand where they are and and uh, and how we can best help them. What are some of the ways that that you approach that? Is there a particular line of questioning or method of questioning that that you find that works? Well, yes, and. Uh, asking questions and listening very, very closely to the answers is really the first part of the, the sales process. There are a couple of things that go before that. When you get to the question part, though, it is extremely important to ask your questions open-ended. My rule is never ask a closed-ended question in a sales conversation or if you can help it in any conversation. Whenever you're gonna ask a question, ask it open-ended. 
And open-ended questions are questions that cannot be answered yes or no. They, the person that you're asking the question to has to provide more information in answering the question. So an, a, a very simple example of that, if I were to ask, is the sky blue? Almost everybody would answer that question, yes, because there's even a crayon that's called sky blue. From the time we're little kids, we know that the sky is blue. The challenge is that the sky isn't always blue. So if I ask you, hey, what color is the sky? And you look out the window like I am right now, and you see that there's a bunch of clouds, and it looks like maybe it's going to rain. Well, the sky is kind of a combination of white and gray right now. Or it looks completely black if we're going to have a hurricane. Uh, or maybe there are some high, wispy clouds, and the sky is just a kind of a powdery blue, and maybe it's brilliant blue. So when you ask open-ended questions, you find out more about what's going on with the person to whom you're asking the question. And listen, if you want to have a whole bunch of fun, ask your kids open-ended questions and your grandkids. <laughs> You'll be surprised at what you find out if you do that. Ask your significant other open-ended questions if you want to know how they really feel and what they really think. Uh, your friends, the people that you work with, anytime that you ask questions, if you ask them open-ended, you'll get more information. The challenge is that we're not in the habit of asking open-ended questions most of the time. From the time we've been little kids, we've had closed-ended questions asked to us, and we've learned how to ask closed-ended questions. And the only response that we get is yes or no when we ask those questions. So even when you ask for the sale, when you're, when you're having a sales conversation, uh, ask, ask your question, your ask for the sale question, ask it open-ended. So it's not, not, would you like to do this? That's a closed-ended question. There's only two answers that you can get, yes or no. And what if the answer is just no? Then what? Where do you go from there? If you ask the question in an open-ended way, how should we proceed? How would you like to get started right now? What would you like to do? you're going to get more information. People are going to talk to you. And if they're concerned about starting and they don't want to do it right now, or they don't think they can, then they're going to tell you right off the bat that the reason why they think that they might not be able to do it. If they're ready to go, if they're ready to buy, they're going to be very open and tell you, yes, they want to buy and why they want to buy. And they're excited about getting started. So, Try to make it a habit in your life to ask open-ended questions. And if you make it a habit in your life to do that, then it's no problem in a sales conversation. You'll always remember to do that. And by the way, when I coach people and we role play, if one of my clients ask, asks a, a closed-ended question during the role play of the sales conversation, the answer is always no. <laughs> and my clients have learned that when I say that, they slap their forehead and say, oh, man, <laughs> you know, I have that, that closed ended. So you, you just mentioned role play. Um, I, I think for, for many salespeople, that's something that they do um, as a part of their training. But I think for a lot of, uh, a lot of business owners and service providers, they probably don't do it as much. Uh, how, how critical is, is 
role play in developing these skills? It's completely critical. Having a really good script and knowing what you're going to say and how you're going to say it and when you're going to say it during a sales conversation is absolutely critical. Now, if you've been selling for more than uh, a couple of weeks, you already have a script. You're already pretty much saying the same things to the people with whom you're having sales conversations. And the question isn't whether you have a script or not, it's whether the script that you have is a good script. If it works, if it results in a high conversion ratio and a lot of sales and a lot of income. And so if you're not getting good results with your script, you need to have one professionally written, and then you need to memorize it and you need to rehearse it over and over and over again until it's absolutely second nature and you're so comfortable with it. And I always kid my clients, I tell them, listen, when you learn the script, uh, I could call you up at three o'clock in the morning, wake you out of a dead sleep and say, hey, let's have a sales conversation. And you would immediately say, what I'd like to do before I kill you is ask you a few questions. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you're right into the sales conversation. And of course, I would never do that, but I could. And if somebody really had their sales, their sales script down and they had made it part of themselves, it would be an absolute no-brainer. And that's where you want to get your scripting to. And then it doesn't sound scripted. It doesn't sound canned. You can have that conversation, and it's, it's really, truly effective. I just recently heard a story about Hal Holbrook, who played Mark Twain in a, a one-person Broadway play. And in order to do that play, Hal Holbrook memorized nine hours of material various stories and quotes and just funny things. And his show only ran two hours and a half hour of that was intermission. So he was actually only performing for an hour and a half. But he had nine hours of material that was memorized. And he knew how to be Mark Twain and how to say those things in a way that really related to the audience. And the way he decided which material he was going to use was that he, he listened to his audience. And if he said something and the audience was just picking up on it and reacting to it and roaring with laughter, then he continued with that particular line of material that he had memorized. If they were only just laughing every now and again and it was just not really going over, he would switch to another line of material until he found something that really, really worked and made the play something that people would remember forever. And most of the time in your sales conversation scripting, you will memorize and, and know how to, to pull out way more stuff than you ever memorized. And it will just depend on your interaction with your prospect about how you answer a question or what you say or the question that you ask. So a script is kind of a living, breathing thing in a, in a way. And do you have to have it? Yeah, you really do if you want to be successful. Because when you go into a sales conversation, you have to go into that conversation with total confidence 
knowing exactly what to say no matter what comes up, no matter what objection you get, no matter what the person's situation is or what their problem is. If you know what you're going to say, you can be confident. And there's an energy that passes between salespeople and prospects. And if you are not sure about what you're going to say, your prospect isn't going to be sure either. If you're nervous, your prospect's going to be nervous and they won't buy if they're nervous. If you're not exactly sure what you're talking about, they're going to pick up on that and they're not going to be sure that they want to buy from you. And on the other hand, if you go into a sales conversation and you're confident, you uh, know what your, your product or service can do for people and you can explain that in a way that tells them the result that they can get and they get excited about that, uh, they're going to pick up on your energy. You're going to get mirrored back to you exactly what's going on for you. And that's why you have to know what you're going to say. You know, for a, a business owner, I'm thinking particularly of, you know, somebody who's an expert and they, they may think, well, I deal with all kinds of different clients. They're, every one of them is different. How can I be scripted? Uh, wh- how, would I, how would I address all of these different situations that they have? So w- if somebody would say that to you, how would you respond? I would ask them, the people who come to see you that you or that you go to see that are engaged in sales conversations with you, what is the major problem that they have that you can help solve? As an example, I work with chiropractors, uh, a lot of chiropractors. And people don't just come to a chiropractor's office because they're curious. They're coming in because they've got some kind of challenge, something in that's going on in their life that, that they don't want to have in their life, and they, they do almost anything to get rid of it, or there's something that they don't have in their life right now, and they would do almost anything to get that in their life. And if you can figure out what that is for your product or service, why do people want it? What does it do for them? What's the result that they're looking for? There really aren't that many variations in most products and service lines. There's not that much variation in what people are looking for. There's a problem that they have that they want solved, and your product or service will do it. So uh, you build your scripting around that, and if if a, a different problem comes up and one that you actually can solve, and you've never talked to people about that before, that's something you can adjust to and you can prepare to deal with it later on. And if you know that, if you know how to ask open-ended questions and you know how to make value statements, as long as you know that you can help solve whatever the challenge is that they're experiencing, uh, you can adjust and, and you can, you can use the stuff that you've memorized the things that you know about what your business will do, and you can talk to anybody. So you mentioned a, a term there, value statements. What, what do you mean by that? Value statements are really the solution to the challenge that they're experiencing. So I'll use an example, again, from chiropractors. If a chiropractor is having a sales conversation with somebody, and that person is having back pain, they're not able to go to the gym, they've gained some weight, 
they're not feeling good about themselves. Maybe they're having trouble sleeping at night. Uh, maybe they're uh, not able to go to work. And a value statement would be something like, you know what the good news is that it doesn't have to stay that way. Because when you receive care here, you're healing the underlying cause that's the cause of all of those symptoms that, that you uh, enumerated for me. And so you don't have to live in pain. You can get to the point where you can get back in the gym and start working out again and lose some weight and start feeling good about yourself. You can go back to the work. You can get a good night's sleep. You statements are what are utilized in value statements. You can have, you can do, you can be, you can take advantage of, you can enjoy, uh, you can learn, all of those different kinds of things. And the reason that I strongly advocate using you statements instead of we, us, my, I, our, we, is because, again, people care about themselves. They care about how your product or service is going to produce some positive change in their lives. And they don't care about you. They care about themselves and what's going on when they're having the sales conversation. So if I say, well, we can help you do this, and I've been selling for 50 years, and uh, so I can help you with your problem, and I can do this, and I can do that, and I'm a great sales coach, and I, you know, whatever, they don't care. If I tell people, you know what, you, in a very short period of time, you can be a sales wizard. <laughs> you can really learn to be excellent at selling. You can be extraordinary at it. And you can go into every one of your sales conversations feeling good about yourself, knowing what you're going to say. Uh, you can have a high conversion ratio, well above 50%. You can, you can make more sales. You can make more money. Uh, you can do it. And all you have to do is learn some really basic stuff. It'll totally turn your world around. You see the difference in that, in, in those two things? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I think it, it's so much more powerful. Even as I'm listening to you say it, I'm trying to, you know, envision what it would be like to, you know, to be the, the prospect on the end of that. And I think it, it completely kind of flips around the, um, the perception of what you're saying. And salespeople and business owners, even if you're going to talk about yourself, even if you need to talk a little bit about yourself, still make it into a you statement. So uh, Steve mentioned at the beginning of the, the podcast that I've been selling for 50 years. Well, if I just say to somebody, you know, I've been selling for 50 years and so I've gotten pretty good at sales, that may not have much of an impact. If I tell somebody, you know what, when you work with me, you're working with someone who's been selling for over 50 years and has seen it all and done it all. And so you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You can learn how to sell in a very, very uh, effective way in a very short period of time. And you know what? You could very shortly be even better than I am at it with only a few months experience. How does that sound to you? Open-ended question. <laughs> 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 so you can always couch everything that you say, even about yourself, 
as as an, uh, a you statement rather than an I or we statement. I love that. I you know for everybody listening, you you need to just hit the uh, thirty second rewind on your podcast player. Go back and listen to that again. Uh, you just heard a masterclass in how to how to take anything that you say and and turn it into a you statement as as you uh, explaining. So Hugh, let's say somebody's got, they've got their script together and they're, they've memorized it. They've got their you statements. They, they've put all of this together and, um, and they're, they're now having sales conversations. How do you go about analyzing whether or not you've got the right script and, and uh, how do you go about improving it over time? Conversion ratio. If your conversion ratio is anything less than 50%, you, you really need to do some revamping of, of your scripting or the way that you're doing the scripting. Uh, you see, a, a, a well-written script is the words in the script are really important. That's only a small percentage of, of the project, though, of getting really good at selling because your, your uh, voice inflection and your tonality, the way that you say what you say, is tremendously important. And also your body language and your facial expression, if you're selling face-to-face rather than over the telephone, is extremely vital. In fact, there was a study that was done in 1964 in, uh, at UCLA by a pr- professor uh, by the name of Alfred Morabian. And what he found out was that in any conversation that has to do with emotion or attitude, only 7% of the words that are said um, are effective in the communication. 38% is the, the voice inflection and tonality, how you say what you say. 55% is your facial expression, and your body language. So that means that preparing to sell and preparing to use a script encompasses all of those things. You have to get really good at all of those things in order to be successful. We're all transitioning to selling more remotely these days. As people are are kind of moving, maybe they've been traditionally selling in person, face-to-face, as they're moving to sell online over things like Zoom and and Skype and, and tools like that, do, does that same dynamic translate? And, and do you have any specific advice for people who are now trying to, to learn how to sell that way? I would say that Zoom is a tremendous sales tool. It's a great way to connect with people, even during this time when some people are still sheltering in place and uh, their their businesses may not even be open right now. Um, connecting virtually is a really great thing to do. And of course, uh, right now, Steve and I are talking on Zoom. And if we wanted to, we could turn our cameras on and then there, we would be able to see each other and we'd be able to see... Uh, facial expression, and we'd be able to uh, maybe see even a little bit of body language, uh, at least uh, shoulder height. Uh, we don't do that, folks, because I have a really good voice for radio um, and a really good face for radio. <laughs> so, <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> uh, 
And my advice would be look into how, how technology can really help you. I know some really high-powered speakers that even before the COVID-19 situation arose, uh, were starting to do their public speaking gigs virtually so that they didn't have to travel to China or they didn't have to travel across the country, didn't have to ride on an airplane, didn't have to be away from home. Uh, they could just sit down at the computer and do it that way. So it can be a time saver, it can be a, a money saver, and you can still be extremely effective in doing that if you know what you're going to say, how you're going to say it, and when you're going to say it. Yeah, absolutely. I, the, the tools today are phenomenal. And I think people are, a lot of us have used them for, for a while. Um, I know you have, we have, but I think a lot of people are now having to wade into the, these waters and and often have questions about, well, how, do, how does what I used to do in the real world translate over? So, Hugh, you, this has been phenomenal. I mean, you've shared some amazing stuff. This is one of those episodes. I have a, a, a small playlist of a handful of episodes uh, from the podcast that I go back and that I listen to over and over and over again. And this one, particularly when you talk about open-ended questions and value statements, this is one I'm going to be listening to again and again um, because you really laid out a very simple way to understand it that I think everybody can apply. So if folks listening want to learn more, they want to connect with you, I know you've got a tremendous number of resources. Uh, what's the best place for them to, to get in touch with you? If you would like to have a conversation about your business and your sales and find out if RedCap might be a good coaching service for you or whether we wouldn't be, you can go to my calendar at bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash wizard dash strategy. And you can talk with me for up to an hour. There's no charge for that. And I know what you're thinking <laughs> as you're listening to this. Well, you know, if, if you're doing a free hour with me, then that means that you're going to twist my arm. You're going to try to get me to do something I don't want to do. And so I'll just take a pass. And I want to make you a promise. Not only is there no charge uh, for the time that we spend, there's also no obligation and there's absolutely no pressure because I do practice what I preach. And I really do believe that it's not my job to get you to do something you don't want to do. It's simply my job to help you do whatever it is that you want to do, whether that's coaching with RedCap or coaching with somebody else or not coaching at all. Whatever you want to do, I'll be happy to help you do it. So take advantage of that. Yeah, do do that. And uh, I, I will tell you, I haven't had a, a few conversations with you now. He doesn't bite. What you heard today was just a, a small sample of the wisdom that he can bring to the table. So Hugh, thanks so much for uh, investing a little bit of time with me today and for sharing your wisdom with everybody that's listening. Uh, this has been fantastic. And um, again, I think this, uh, just the few little nuggets that you shared today are so incredibly valuable. I'm, I'm grateful that you've been here. So thank you. Well, Steve, it's been my pleasure to talk with you again. And by the way, folks, uh, if you go to redcap sales coaching slash sales dash chalk, C H A L K dash talk T A L K. You can listen to Steve's interview that he did with me on sales chalk talk. And he's phenomenal. Uh, and you really need to give a listen to that uh, if at all possible. 
Well, thank you for that. And uh, we'll link all of that up in the show notes. We'll link to your calendar. We'll link to uh, the podcast and to your website so folks can, uh, can find you. Hugh, thank you so much. This has been fantastic. Thank you. And your mission for today, Steve, is to have fun if you choose to accept it. Always, <laughs> always. This episode of the Unstoppable CEO podcast is sponsored by the Unstoppable Agency. That is the agency part of our business where we work with professional service firms and create a done-for-you marketing program. And what that looks like is we actually sit down with you. We come together and define your ideal client with you. We go build a list of those people, and then we begin reaching out to them on your behalf to book them as guests on your podcast. We call it podcast prospecting. And it's a fantastic way to connect with potential clients and influencers that can refer you. And it's end-to-end -end a done-for-you system. And so if that's something that you think might be the right fit for your business, go to our website, go to unstoppableceo.net. You can uh, find there on the homepage a link to a video presentation that explains how it all works. And if you'd like, let's get together and have a quick 20-minute conversation and see if we're a fit. Again, that's at unstoppableceo.net right on the homepage. Look for a link to the video that explains how it all works.